You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Jesse Cloy is a four-time Paralympian in the sport of track and field, earning seven medals at the Paralympic Games over her career. She first got involved in wheelchair racing through children's lightning wheels in New Jersey after a car accident. After retiring from competition, she continued to stay involved in adaptive sports as an official, a coach, a volunteer, and now as coordinator for Move United Junior Nationals, an event she competed in just two years after her accident. Jesse, I am so glad to talk to you today. Thanks for being our podcast guest. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So, you know, obviously we'll talk about, um, you know, the fact that that you're a member of Move United staff and that we uh, work together on, on a lot of projects, activities, and initiatives. But I thought, you know, we would start, you know, because there's some things that I may not know about you, but also our listeners may not know about you. So I thought we would just kind of start by how you got involved in sports. That is a great question, Sean. (laughs) So I grew up in New Jersey, central New Jersey. And when I was seven years old, I was injured in a car accident. And so I did um, spent three weeks in a trauma hospital and then four months in a rehab hospital, children's specialized hospital in Mountainside, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to um, go to a rehab hospital that had a youth sports program based out of it. So while I was doing my uh, inpatient therapy, I was introduced to the head coach at the time, Andy Chazanoff, and he said, okay, you know, when you, when you leave the hospital, I want to get you involved in sports because pre-injury, pre-accident, I had been involved in gymnastics. And so he knew I liked sports. He knew I was, uh, you know, active and said, yeah, I think you'd really love this. And so after I was discharged, he actually drove to my house and um, came and threw a softball with me in my backyard and convinced me to go to my first team practice. And um, though I begrudgingly accepted that invitation, once I got there and met all the other kids and got to try out track, which was the first sport I got to try out, um, I fell in love and said, yeah, love it. Let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew that there was a gymnastic story. So at seven years old, you were already involved in 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 a gymnastics program. So at seven, you were already involved in sports before the car accident. Correct, yes. So I did sports like community sports uh, when I was younger, before I got injured. I played soccer for a very brief time. My mom and I joke because I quit soccer like mid tournament one time. I remember coming off the field crying and she said, let's just get in the car and go. So uh, I learned that I wasn't probably a team player, which is terrible to say, but I got into gymnastics, love gymnastics. And, um, and it was really actually the one thing that I can remember after you know, being injured, I wasn't really that upset about uh, being injured or being in a chair, but I was really upset that I couldn't do gymnastics anymore. And so Andy uh, introduced us to um, uh, track and field, but was this during your, was it part of rehabilitation? Like, did you do any sports during rehabilitation? Not while at the hospital. Well, at the hospital, I did, you know, your typical PT, OT, um, Mm -hmm. and then Andy worked in the recreation therapy department. So he was a rec therapist. Um, 
and really I was a terrible patient. I got the nickname Wendy Weiner because I didn't want to do anything that they asked me to do. But uh, then once I was discharged, um, I don't remember how long it took a couple of months, but then I got, went out to my first practice. So were you, were you whining because of, of uh, that was just your, your personality at the time? You know, I mean, our kids can be kids, <laughs> right. Or, or was it part, you know, was it related to obviously the, the you know, kind of your new, you know, situation and your new normal? I think that, unfortunately, I think it was just my personality. <laughs> I, I will admit that I still don't love to new things and try new things, though I don't whine nearly as much these days. <laughs> okay, so I'll keep that in mind in the future. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so when it, when Andy introduced you sports, uh, you said, obviously, track and field was, was one of the first ones you tried. Did you try other sports uh, or... Or did you just kind of latch on to track and field right away? I did latch on to track and field right away. That was definitely the first thing I tried, the first thing I loved, and obviously stuck with that. But uh, I did swim and swimming. I did swimming with the lightning wheels, the the Children's Specialized Hospital lightning wheels. And then once I got a little bit older, um, once I was in high school, I swam with my high school swim team as well. Um, and then the other sport I tried, well, I, I tried variety, you know, like i would go to a camp and, and get to try everything. Or I went up and skied once or twice, um, but nothing really stuck. And I played butcher basketball for maybe a season or two prep basketball. So on a half court, but again, I think the whole, I love being a part of a team. I love having teammates, but I learned that I wasn't aggressive enough for a team sport. And so I'd always leave like crying or sad. I don't know what the deal was. I don't, I, I couldn't handle it. I guess when I was 10 years old, so. I'm making a note. Jesse is not a team player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> uh, and and you, you obviously track and field is track and field. Did you do any field events? We'll we'll talk about some of some of the success you had on the track, but did you do any field events as well? I did as a kid. I did field events as a kid. And um and they were I did okay, you know. <laughs> I wasn't the, a future Paralympian in field, but I it kept me busy. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, how old were you when you, when, so you said you were seven when you had the accident, was it like a year? So it was like a media, right? Like, like a year within a year you were, you were playing, you were participating in wheelchair track. Yeah. So I got hurt in September of 1991 and I attended my first junior nationals in the summer of 1993. So a year and a half later, I was out there and going. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 um, before junior nationals, what were some of the did you do the tri-state games, for example? And, and what are, what are some of the other competitions that are, that we may know, uh, that, yep. is, that, that you participated in? Yeah, I did. I did everything that they had up there in the New Jersey tri-state area. So I would go to tri-state games and, um, it, it's now called the Richard Cadmus, uh, Masonic meet. I think it used to be called Mason games. I apologize. I'm stumbling over what it's currently called. Um, then the lightning wheels always had a fun meet. So we would go do that. And then there was always an indoor meet in uh, Connecticut. And I remember we'd go up there in the wintertime and get to do an indoor track field meet. So to hit up everything that they had to offer in that area. And and how was New Jersey as, as you know, as a, a state and as a, as a community in terms of uh, providing opportunities uh, for kids and youth with disabilities. I know we've come a long way in in some other states, but even so how how was New Jersey around that around that time? 
you know, I mean, I had have a perspective of uh, a child, so I don't know if I have the full perspective, but for me, it was great. Um, you know, I think, and actually looking back, I think we were kind of unique because we had multiple teams in the state or in the area, which you, nowadays even some states don't have any teams, right? So for New Jersey, which is a pretty small state to have multiple teams is unique. And we had multiple competitions. So you would able be able to compete locally uh, within the para you know, or adaptive sports um, arena multiple times in one season, which is also pretty unique. A lot of times kids have to travel four or five hours just to be able to compete in one meet. So um, I think it was really supportive from that perspective. And then outside of, you know, the adaptive sports bubble, my school system was really great. Um, They were really supportive. They embraced me when I came back from the hospital and got back into sports and school. And like I said, I got to participate in high school athletics those coaches and the administrators were really uh, embracing. And um, I actually didn't even have to pave the way when it came to competing at the state level in high schools. Kids had done that before me. So by the time I was in high school, I was already able to join my high school's track team and then go on to states and compete, which was really cool. That's, that is awesome. Cause I know there, are, I've inter- interviewed folks who they or their families have had to, you know, pave that way and go through those yeah. battles and, and fight. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's great for those that, that have paved our way, you know, and, and paved the way for others, you know, to, to do that. And, and what was it about uh track uh, specifically that, that really just uh, caught your attention and your interest? I think it helped that I was naturally good at it. <laughs> So, you know, you, you stick with things that come a little more easily, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I think I do, I do really enjoy having teammates and being a part of a team. So (laughs) I know I was just joking. joking. (laughs) No, no, you're not totally wrong though. But, um, (laughs) but I do, I've, I found that, um, I always, I appreciated that, when I succeeded, it was because of all the hard work that I had put into it. And if I failed, then it, I knew it was 100% my fault. Uh, and so I could take ownership of that and learn from it. And so I think that I was drawn to an individual sport, and, which is why I also liked swimming as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I liked being outside. You know, I liked going around a track. I don't know. It sounds silly, but it didn't it didn't bore me to do repeat 400s or anything like that. And um, yeah, and I, I could be aggressive in my own way in that sport. And, and, you know, obviously you were, you were young, but how would, how do you think you were naturally good at at it? I'm I'm always, I'm always curious about, about that kind of concept. Uh, So what, what do you think it was that made you naturally good at it? I don't know. And I don't want to make it seem like I was instantly winning because I certainly was not instantly winning. I just uh, was able to get in the chair and pick it up pretty quickly and, um, you know, and, and though it's painful, I mean, I always tell the kids that I help coach these days, like getting in a racing chair the first time, it's a little bit painful. Um, and that those kinds of things didn't bother me. So I think that that's what I had going for me is that I, it was comfortable for me. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think about like how I was a gymnast before, and that included a lot of upper body strength. So maybe I was, uh, prepped for being able to do something with my mm-hmm. arms and my upper body. <laughs> I'm not sure, but, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why, but I can also tell you that I was not naturally good at other sports. So it wasn't like I was an all around player. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and when you say you're naturally good, it means natural, right? So you were at least, you know, it was natural to you too. So that's, yeah. that's part of it. And, and, and when did you, so as you said, you you know, you didn't, you didn't like immediately have uh win, win all your races, but, 
but when did you realize that you you know you could compete at this at you know at more than a local level i think going to my first junior nationals uh, in 1993 was really eye-opening for me. And uh, Leanne Shannon was there. And I don't know if you know Leanne Shannon, she's now Leanne Sagmeister. But, you know, she, um, I don't know if she, I think her first games was 1996. So she wasn't quite a Paralympian yet, but she was on her path to it. And she kicked my butt. And so did a whole bunch of other ladies that were, or young ladies that were there. But I think having exposure to them and seeing like, wow, this is what like good racers look like. Um, that really inspired me. And then um, as I became a young teenager, like 13, 14 years old is when I started to hit um, times and marks that were putting me at the level of, you know, emerging, heading into the world of elite. And so that, that helped propel me up, motivate me as well. Well, and I know your first Paralympics was 2000, but like what, when were you competing at, at other worlds and, and at, you know, when did you get classified? Yeah. So I got classified, internationally classified uh, in 1998 at the world championships that were in Birmingham, England. And I, it was a very young team that went a lot of the um, veteran athletes from the national team had opted not to go to those world games. So it opened up some slots for some young athletes. So there was a whole group of us young females. Like I feel bad for those coaches that took a team over a 14 and 15 year old girls (laughs) to uh, world championships. But um, we did great. And yeah, I got internationally classed there. And that's exactly, I came home from those games and I, I did pretty well. I won a couple medals and, um, and I said, okay, set my sights on 2000 Sydney Paralympics. Yeah. And, and obviously you, you set your sights on it and, and, and not only uh, competed there, but won, won a medal there. Um, I want, before we talk a little bit about some of, about the four, four Paralympics that, that you, that you went to, um, would you classify yourself as, you know, a short distance, middle distance, long distance, what, or a combination thereof? Uh, I would say middle distance. I focused on the 400 and 800, or at least that's what I enjoyed the most. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so why do you think you enjoyed though the middle distances versus the, the sprints or the long distance? I think so. Uh, in terms of long distance, I, um, in, when we think really long distance marathons, I could not hang. I'll be very honest. I, I I didn't even really enjoy them. That might be part of the problem. So hit when you hit that wall at 20, 21 miles for, uh, and you're like, you want to quit. I, yeah, I really wanted to quit. So I would just, I would push through and finish. But, um, you know, I think for me, I, uh, I was a little bit, I, I don't know. I'm petite, I guess. So my arms aren't super long, which it's a benefit to have a little bit longer arms and wheelchair racing to be able to reach down um, longer on the ring and get a little more force out of it. So Mm -hmm. it was strong, but I wasn't as strong as some of my competitors. So I liked the middle distance in the 400 and 800 because it was for those two races, particularly, they were pretty much all out sprints. Um, But then in the 800, there's a little bit of strategy involved as well. And so anytime I could use you know, the physical combined with the mental, um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and, and as, as we talked about, you went to Australia in 2000 and, and won a silver medal in the 800. So that, that validates uh, the middle <laughs> part. Um, and then, and then four years later, you went to Athens and I know that you came up short. Do, do you have, is there a re I mean, do you have kind of like 
this is what I know I did wrong. This is no, this is, this was the, 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 the kind of the scene, you know, cause I know that obviously the other two that you went to afterwards, you, you met all, what was it about 2004 that I think um, I always want to, you know, cause I always want to talk about that. You know, it's not always about medals and winning and stuff. So, you know, what was it about 2004? Yeah. Uh, the summary would be that I just wasn't ready. <laughs> um, I think uh, my training was definitely off. Um, you know, I, I was at University of Illinois at that time, but our health coach was um, dealing with some personal medical issues. And so he had to step down. And so there was a brief period of time where I, I was sort of in between coaches. I made the decision to go back to New Jersey and train with a, a former coach, with, which was fine. But I think just that my my training plan um, wasn't lined up the way it needed to be. Mm. And so I went into those games um, totally unprepared and lucky to honestly finish fourth uh, when I did, but it was, it, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to finish fourth repeatedly and come out with your head held high. So it was a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Well, and, and, and fourth is, you know, nothing to, to shake a stick at, you know, you just, yeah. just missed the podium, but, uh, you know, I know that, I know that there are ups and downs in sports and, and there are, as you mentioned, reasons sometimes why there are ups and downs in, in sports. So, but in 2008, you, you know, obviously uh, rocked it because I think you were, were you the, I know you won five medals, but were you the highest medal uh, recipient in those, in terms of at least track and field or, or, or even just all the I games? I was for the U.S. team. I don't know if I was internationally, but okay. it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so was that, you know, uh, clearly something was, was, was ticking there with winning when a gold and three silvers and I think in the bronze, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and and what categories can you walk us through? Where which which categories you received each of those medals in? Yeah, and I should know this, Sean, better than I do. This is terrible. One time goes by. <laughs> um, so I won a um, I won a gold in the four hundred meters, and I won a silver in the one hundred, two hundred, and eight hundred, and then. Uh, maybe to the disappointment of my teammates, but our relay won a bronze, and I was excited because I got a complete set of medals. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of so. each color, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's awesome because I they, again the four hundred and eight hundred was shined there, but the fact that yeah. you also got the you know did the one hundred and, and and the longer one that's awesome. Yeah, and and then. Um, you followed that up with your fourth Paralympic Games in London in, in 2012 and also won a, a medal there. So, um, you know, how do you sum, summarize your, your Paralympic career? Ah, it was awesome. <laughs> I think, um, you know, to have the opportunity to compete at that level, uh, I think if you're an athlete, that's, you know, the ultimate dream is to reach the pinnacle of whatever your sports uh opportunity is. And so for me, um, it was an honor to be able to do it. And, uh, you know, it was my chosen career for many, many years. And, mm -hmm. you know, people would often ask me, they're like, well, what do you do? You know, they knew I was an athlete and they were like, well, what do you do for work? And I'm like, well, this is what I do for work. Right. Cause right. <laughs> I can't have a full-time job and, uh, and finish first on the podium. So, um, yeah, it was really great. And I think, uh, you know, there are moments like Obviously, winning is fantastic, and uh, but it's once you're at the top of the podium, then you're fighting to keep it. So it's it's really mm -hmm. more about the journey of that you're on. And like you said, you know, 2008 was uh, sort of my 
coming of age moment. And um, I think about it like that was really 10 years. That was my 10 year mark of being on the international scene. And mm-hmm. there's that that saying where it takes 10 years or 10,000 hours to perfect what you do. And for me, that was kind of really it, you know, like it, it took a while. And um, but it taught me to be confident, it taught me to be independent. It taught me uh, to push through because like you said, there are lessons in the losses as much as there are in the wins. And so, you know, losing in 2004, that's life. Like you lose sometimes in life. And so uh, you learn how to pick yourself back up and and move forward. And if you care about it, keep trying and, and keep going. So. And then, and then how did it lead to what you're doing now? I mean, like, you know, when you, when you made a decision probably to, to retire and, and to uh, maybe stay, step back from, from competing on a, on a, on a regular basis, uh, or, you know, did you think that I want to stay, I want to stay in this space or um, how, how did it contribute to what you're doing today? Yeah. Well, so when I went to college, I thought I wanted to be an athletic trainer, but then I found out uh, that I couldn't. I didn't have the time to become an athletic trainer and train myself. So that I quickly shifted and I, um, so I stayed in the, in kinesiology in the sports area. And then I went back and got a master's in public health thinking, okay, what am I going to do? And, um, and yeah, so I didn't totally know what I was going to do as a career, but in the mid two thousands, I said, okay, how can I start getting involved in sport outside of as an athlete, right? So I became an official at first and mm-hmm. um, and I joined up with, it was Adaptive Sports USA at the time. I joined the board as the athlete representative. And so I would go to competitions and officiate or I'd go to junior nationals and, um, you know, just to be there and to help out wherever I could. And so it sort of just naturally over time um, got more and more involved. And at the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic committee level, I um, served on the Athletes Advisory Council. So I got mm-hmm. to see you know, another side of things. And as an athlete, you're very, um, you have to be a little bit self-centered and focused on your thing. And so you don't always see the bigger picture, right? So a decision is made and you just get angry maybe about what the decision was. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to serve in these other roles, I got to see, okay, sometimes there's actually a reason that the decision was made. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so anyway, so I think all of that, how all those like volunteer opportunities really uh, exposed me to what I could do in the space. And I knew I always wanted in some way or another to be connected to junior nationals simply because for me, it was like, I met so many friends going to junior nationals as a kid. I got to travel around the country. My family got to, you know, see everything. So I was like, this, this event had such an impact on my life, that I want to make sure it succeeds in the future, which is why I looked for any way that to get back involved. Yeah. And we don't forget those, those moments that kind of help define us and, and that are so meaningful to us as in terms of our childhood experiences. And you were, you got involved with play sports too, right? I did. So I moved down to Atlanta area just after London 2012 games. And um, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm down here. What can I do now? And play sports America is down here. So I now volunteer um, weekly coach their track and field program. Awesome. And, and, and besides volunteering and officiating, um, when did you become a staff member of what was then adaptive sports USA? And of course now move United. Oh, I think I took over. So I was, I was just a volunteer because we were a staff of two at Adaptive Sports USA for many years. And so I was our junior committee chairperson, which really just, uh, we focused on junior nationals. So I was that for um, maybe three or four years, uh, maybe 20, 
this is terrible. Um, but I took over from the fantastic Debbie Armento. So I'm trying to think when she, she rolled out and I rolled in around 2016, 2017, I think. And then yes, uh, Adapt Sports USA and Disabled Sports USA merged to become Move United. And as that merger was happening, Susan Rossi approached me and said, Hey, you know, like, do you want to keep doing this? And I said, I do, but I really need a job. <laughs> so she <laughs> said, well, I think we could turn this into a job. And here I am. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And, and so obviously your, your big part of your job is, is coordinating uh, competitions and, and specifically, you know, and with junior nationals. Um, you, you talked a little bit about how that event was meaningful to you. If, if, if there are athletes out there, what would you recommend uh, in terms of, you know, why they should uh, come to junior nationals or why they should give competition a try? Yeah, I think I, I mean, when I meet kids, I tell them, you know, it's, um, it's important to get involved in sports just from a being healthy, being, you know, active perspective, right? Like when you're, when you're a kid, uh, no matter whether you have a disability or not, be active. And mm-hmm. that's not everyone loves sports and that's okay. I don't, I don't think you should be forced into something you don't like to do, but be active, right? So get out there and run and play and have fun. And then um, if you, if you like the competitive nature of it, then uh, commit a little bit more time. And so I think, um, you know, go into the competition, go into the Move United sanctioned competitions and go into Move United Junior Nationals. It's more, it's about more than just competing, though that is a big part. And I think for a kid with a disability, they don't get a lot of opportunities to compete against other kids that look like them. So those competitions offer that chance for you to, you know, you're missing a leg, you get to compete against somebody else who's missing a leg. That doesn't usually happen at your at your school level. But then, like I said, you meet friends or kids from around the country. Um, you know, your best friend, you may live in New Jersey and your best friend might be in Washington when you leave junior nationals. So you form these relationships and connections that um, they, they, they will last forever. I, you know, I have friends now that I grew up with in the program. Um, so we've been friends for 30 years or so. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty awesome. And then I think, you know, unconsciously you develop all those skills that I said, you know, you learn to be more independent and you learn to the confidence that sport brings out in you uh, when you compete and you learn how to handle a loss and you learn how to uh, be graceful with the win, hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that everyone is good with that, but <laughs> yeah, hopefully, exactly. Hopefully yeah. it's the key word there. And Jesse, the last, the last question I just have for you is just, you know, in terms of how, in your own opinion, uh, how do you think the adaptive sports uh, industry space field has changed since you your first junior nationals in 1993? Obviously, you're you're young uh, to now. I mean, what? How would you? How would for the better or for maybe even for the for areas that we can still improve on? I think this changed leaps and bounds. Um, I think the formation of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or you know, it was U.S. Paralympics in 2002. Um, was a big deal just to have uh, a national one national body versus multiple uh, organizations um, putting together programming. And I think that that though slower than athletes and some people would like, um, the progress has, and I think in the last five years, it's really amped up the progress that we've seen in terms of, you know, broadcast coverage of mm-hmm. events. And sponsors really buying into the the movement and the athletes and and investing in what's happening. Um, and then at the like local and, and more grassroots level, I think that that's trickled down so that more people know about it. 
and more programs are are popping up or programs that maybe are geared towards able-bodied or being more inclusive and allowing more people to compete or to be a part of it. So I think things are moving in the right direction. It's always slower than you want um, and there can always be room for improvement, but I think that we're headed in the right direction. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, and junior nationals registration obviously is open now. Um, and so uh you know, one one thing folks may not know is that you have to qualify for junior nationals. So, how would how do people qualify for junior nationals, and then how how do people register? Yes, so you do have to qualify to compete at junior nationals, and you can qualify at a Move United sanctioned competition. And you can find those on our Move United website under uh, calendar under our calendar. If you search sanctioned competitions, you can also qualify at you know a USA swimming meet or a USA track and field meet. Or your high school's, um, you know, if you're a part of your high school's team, you can uh, compete there and then submit your times to us and in your results, and we'll take those. So as long as you're out there competing in a legitimate competition in one of our sports on the program, we'd love to get your results. And then to register, you head over to our Move United uh, website under junior na- under events and junior nationals, and you'll find all the information you need to register. Registration is open until June. 30th, uh, June 26th, and then June 27th through the 30th with a $50 late fee. So if you're a last minute person, you can still sneak in there. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope uh, folks will continue to come out to Junior Nationals and, and and you know, it obviously compete, but, you know, Junior Nationals takes spectators, takes volunteers. There's lots of ways to get involved. So, Jesse, thank you so much. Thank you, Sean.